0: Um, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Samantha Gray, and um, I have the honor and privilege to kind of lead alongside um, Nestor and Andrew, and kind of lead some of our Chi Alpha leaders, and so what that really means is nothing, it just means that I really, really love each and every single one of you, so, um, yeah, so, and I'm not as funny as Nestor or Andrew, so just give me grace, all right um so yeah exactly like see this this thing is so weird I don't ever know how loud or not loud to be but anyway so just laugh like anytime and it just makes me feel better there <laughs> you go so I um titled this sermon anxious for nothing and um I just wanted to share with y'all okay that's not funny no, no, I really mean it. Like, just laugh. Okay. So, um, I really wanted to share with y'all some things that God has been showing me and, and doing in my life. And um, I've been reading through the New Testament. And and Paul, we're going to look at some scripture that Paul wrote today. And and Paul um, wrote a lot of the New Testament. He wrote Corinthians and Colossians and Galatians and Timothy and, and Philippians. And... Um, I just finished reading this book called Anxious for Nothing by Max Lucado, and so I'd really recommend it um, to all of you if you love to read or even don't love to read. It's a good book. So we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety and um, really the, the, the main goal for us tonight, what I hope that y'all get out of this, is to think about what you're thinking about. That's really the main goal. Um, other than loving Jesus and following him and um, thinking about the things that he wants us to think about, but um, really focusing in on what we think about. So I think that y'all know the scripture. Kindle says that it's like their most highlighted um, verses in their like Bible app. I don't know what Kendall does, but um, in their Bible. And so Philippians 4, 4 through 8 it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this night. Thank you for loving us so well. Thank you for being with us. God, I pray that um, you would speak through what I've prepared tonight. God, um, would you speak to hearts and minds Lord, and and open us up to what you have to say and it 's your name, I pray amen so long story short, um, like i said paul Paul wrote Philippians and um, he was traveling and uh, planted several churches along the way as he traveled, and so the church and Phil- he's riding to the church in Philippi, uh, which he planted and um, so This is what Philippians is. And so if long story short, Paul, who was killing Christians left and right, he had an experience with Jesus and um, started to serve him. And so um, this is Paul's letter and he's writing it while he's in prison. And so when I think about that, I think like if anyone should be anxious, like, isn't it Paul? Like he's writing to this church that he's founded and um, I wouldn't really call it a a business, but you know this business that we founded, we can't even um, be present to, to lead. And so Paul is writing from prison, but the thing is, Paul says, "Rejoice, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious for anything." So, what does anxiety look like for us? If you Google it, it says um, an intense, excessive. And persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. So anxiety is like this meteor shower of what ifs. But you have to get this. Like anxiety is not a sin. It's an emotion. And it's our response to the thoughts that are in our heads. And one of my favorite um, women in the whole world said, You can never change your your own emotions, but you can change your thinking. And your thinking will always change your emotions. We have to realize that um, feelings aren't facts. When you think, like, I don't feel fill in the blank. I don't feel good enough. Or I feel like God doesn't notice me. I feel like God isn't listening to me. I feel like this person doesn't like me. I feel blank. Fill it in. Like, we all feel things, but just because you feel, feel a certain way doesn't make doesn't mean that it's true does that like do y'all agree do y'all what do y'all think yes no yeah okay (laughs) all right so let's look at what the scripture really says um, and let's break it down so in verse four celebrate god's goodness rejoice in the lord paul is saying to rejoice and so like okay so you're telling me like i have to be happy and joyful every minute of the day, like, really, really, no. Um, but that's not that's not what Paul's saying. That is not Paul's challenge. He says, "Rejoice in the Lord." It's a call to action, not a feeling, and it's a d- deeply um, rooted decision, or a decision and a deeply rooted confidence that God exists that God is in control, and that God is good. So celebrate God's goodness. God, I don't really understand this right now, but you're in control. And thank you so much for being a God who's in control. Thank you for being a God who loves us freely. God, I didn't do this right, or um, I wish I would have done this better. But God, thank you for being so full of grace and mercy and sovereign. Thank you. Celebrate God's goodness. So choosing to rejoice doesn't mean that you have a lack of problems. It means that God's peace and presence is, is within reach. Rather than rehearsing what could go, go wrong, rejoice in the Lord. So this, um, verse 5, ask God for help. Let your requests be, na- be made known to God. Ask God for help. So in verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near unchecked anxiety unleashes destruction so I'm sure like most of you know what it looks like when the storms of life takes over and it leaves you and the people around you damaged right I think we all at this point in our lives kind of get that Um, and if not now then you know soon so you're welcome but there's hope so Um, All right, so the Greek word for gentleness means to be mature and seasoned. So, like, the opposite of mature and seasoned is overreaction and, like, sense of panic. It says to let your gentleness be evident to all. So that means, like, when the the, uh, storms of life are crashing around you— People are going to like notice the peace that you have. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, your brothers and sisters. People are going to start to notice that peace that you have. Ultimately, this brings glory to God. And it can allow others to experience the transformation, a transformation in their lives in the same way that you've been transformed. So, the Lord is near. You're not alone. And you're not ever alone. Y'all need to get that. God is with you, and you're not alone, and you never will be. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, supplication is like humbly asking for something with um, a seriousness and intensity. So Paul is telling us to take action by humbly presenting our specific, specific problems and requests to God. Specific prayers allow us to see God work specifically in our lives and allows him to take the burden from from our hands. And as you pray, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. So the third thing, leave your concerns with him with thanksgiving. The good life begins, um, this was in Max Lucado's book that I just read. Um, The good life begins not when circumstances change, but when our attitude toward them does. Our requests should be made with a grateful heart. So when we pray, we leave our concerns with God and we thank him for what he's already done, we thank him um, for what he's going to do with an expecting heart, expecting God to move in ways that um, we know that he can. And so we we pray with, um, or we ask God with a grateful heart. Um, with a heart full of gratitude, there's no room for worry, strife, or anxiety. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. You wouldn't have anything to be thankful for if you knew what I was going through, if you were facing what I'm facing. But I think if we look and find, if we look, we will find something to be thankful for. God gave his son, his son died for us, so there's plenty to be grateful for, right? Like we live in America, we have like Chick-fil-A and um, Pizza Hut, well, uh, um, Little Caesars because $5 and some change. But Paul, with with chains hanging from his wrists while he's in prison, writing to this church that he founded, he writes in verse eleven through twelve, and this is probably like a, along with Kindle's like most highlighted um, verse. It says, and I think you all know that. Well, you know the end part. You may not know the beginning because everyone knows end part. So just wait. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every and any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So, your problem is not your problem, but the way you see it. So the fourth thing that the scripture is showing us is to meditate on good things. Think about the things that are good and worthy of praise. So this is, I think, one of the most important parts um, of the scripture. Paul is reminding us that the weapon to anxiety, um, against anxiety, is our mind. And I get, like, remember, we want to, our goal is to um, think about what we think about. So remember that as we go through this. And um, anxiety is, like, super common and um, kind of... Like, not a big deal, but a big deal. Like, we, we all know, right? We all know about anxiety. And um, there's, I get that there's like real deep hurts and anxieties and um, medication that needs to be taken for those things. And, and I'm like, I think God created doctors and, um, and allowed like science to like create these medicines. That's great. Like, if you need it, like, take it. Don't be ashamed. But I also think that um, we can control, we can um, think about what we think about. So, meditate on good things. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Okay, so how do we guard our heart? We guard our thought life. So why is your thought life so important? Because everything you do, say, and are flows from it. And so Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinketh within himself, or for as she thinketh within herself, so is he, so is she. Whatever you think about yourself, that's what you are, because that's what you think about yourself. We have the ability to decide which thoughts enter our minds and which don't. But it takes work. You have to intentionally redirect your thought pattern. So, what are some things that, um, what are some things that we can guard our hearts and minds from? So I'm going to give you all a couple of points on things that you should guard your hearts and your minds from. Number one is negativity. Proverbs 13:20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Negative people will never lead you to a positive place. So be the person to lead others and lead yourself to a positive place. Number two is comparison. Galatians 4, 6 in the message version says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Find out what you are good at. Find out what work God has given you and Sink yourself into that. Put all of your work into that. Don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry about how far behind they are. Don't worry about how ahead they are. Worry about yourself. Don't compare. So, in in other words, like, we always think that the grass is greener on the other side until we realize that... um, your neighbor has to mow, your neighbor has to water, your neighbor has to fertilize, your, wa- your um, neighbor has to pay for the same, like, water bill. Um, hopefully yours is, like, really not, like, doesn't exist. I hope you all don't have water bills. I really hope that for all of you. I don't have, a, well, I don't have a water bill yet. But for now, I hope that you all don't have a water bill. And if you do, that's okay, just pay it. It's fine. <laughs> You make moves that are bad for you when you compare. The comparison trap leaves you living a life trying to be better than the person next to you rather than focusing on God. So number three, fear. Guard your heart and your mind from fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So fear is the monster in, in our heads. Fear keeps us from living a full and, and free life in the Lord. So guard your heart from fear. Think about what you think about. Number four, worry. Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word tears it up. So let's be real. Worrying doesn't do anything but increase the anxiety that weighs us down, right? Um, we, have to th- we have to take charge of our thoughts and hand hand it over to God. So as we're thinking about what we're thinking about, the things that um, we think about that are causing our anxieties and um, causing us to fear, causing us to worry, we hand those things over to God. So number five, this one's a tough one, so bear with me. Number five, offense. Guard your hearts from offense. And I don't have just one scripture, I have three. So... That's not funny, so don't laugh. Um, Hebrews 12.15, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Proverbs 19.11, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And Proverbs 27.19, As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. That's pretty deep, actually, so if you're looking to be offended, you will be if you're looking to if you're um, always looking for the negative, you're gonna find it and so number one, guard your heart from negativity, and not everything that everyone says is meant to shame you it's not meant to um, put you down, and it's not always. Um, intentionally directed at you. So, and I have to tell myself this a lot of the time. um, Life's not all about you. So, if it seems like people are offending you a lot, um, maybe you need to examine your heart and your intentions rather than theirs. Like Andrew said, he was like, check your heart, right? So, whether you're anxious over things you can't control or over the storm that um you've created in your own life god truly truly wants us to live a life anxious for nothing like literally anxious for nothing that's why paul wrote it because he was writing to the philipp the philippians um talking to them and, and trying to encourage them while they were suffering and like paul's in prison and he's like don't be anxious be encouraged the lord is near and so how, how do we live anxious for nothing? Well, number one, rejoice. As Paul said, so we lead with worship, come to God with worship, prayer and praise. Rejoice. Um, T.D. Jakes said, stress and worry is a residual of relying on yourself and being your own God in control of everything. Worship allows us to rely on God's power to steer us through life. Number two, another way to live anxious for nothing, listen to this one really closely, is to abide in Christ. Our main goal is not to attend the best life group, to be the best life group leader, to lead people to Christ, to um, change the world, make a difference. Our main goal is to stay connected to God and those things are all byproducts of being connected to God. If we focus on too much, uh, too much on what we should be doing for the Lord rather than spending time with him, it's no surprise that you feel defeated. The goal is not to be Jesus, but to be like him and to be like Jesus, we spend more time with him, right? So in closing, I want to look at Matthew twenty six thirty six through 46. Verse 36, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he, found, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he, he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Even Jesus dealt with anxiety. Sometimes when I'm feeling, not sometimes, all the time, when I'm feeling defeated or anything, I go back to this portion of scripture. It, it gives me a glimpse into, like, all the things that Jesus f- felt, all the, or, all the things that Jesus experienced, the same things that we experience in different ways, but the same things that Jesus experienced. So he's gone into the garden before the, the guards come and arrest him, and he's, um, he asks Peter, James, and John to wait. He says, wait here while I go and pray. So he walks further into the garden, and he falls to his face, and he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. So he asks the disciples to, to stay and pray and to keep watch because he knows that um, the guards are coming from, for him. And he comes back and they're sleeping. So you ask, you know, you ask your, your best friends to, to hey, like, I, I need help. And you know they're sleeping on you. So he, he found them sleeping not once, but three times. And Je- so Jesus lived out Philippians 4. He's down on his knees. He's humbly and intensely asking God specifically to take the cup from him. And and what was the cup? Death on the cross, right? But he said, "God, not what I want, but what you want." And yet Jesus was arrested. He died. He died for our sins, but he rose again. And so God's will for our life was to be rescued from death and the grave. So he sent his son so that we could come to him freely with the anxieties that so easily weigh us down. God wants to lift those burdens from you. God wants to help you um, with the thoughts that you're thinking, with um, controlling your thought life, with, with with giving him your thought life and letting him control it. Think about what you're thinking about. Overcoming anxiety isn't something that happens overnight. Jesus went back and prayed three times. He didn't ask God once to take the cup from him, he asked him three times. It takes work. We have to continue ab- continually abide in Christ. We have to pray without ceasing. We have to ask God to come into our minds on a daily basis and give him control. We have to guard our minds and our hearts. We have to ask God every morning, Jesus, I don't, I don't feel good enough, but I don't want to f- think about not feeling good enough. God, please take this from my hands. God, please help me to not think about these things. God, please help me to um, rejoice. God, things didn't go um, so well during the semester. But God, thank you for um, the resources. Thank you for allowing me to be a student. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come to college. God, work isn't so great, but you know what? Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pay my bills. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, it's not overcoming these thoughts and um, the hardships that go through our minds. It's, It's not easy. It's not like one and done. It's like continual, over like continually asking God every day, God, take this from me. Take this cup from me. Take this jealousy from me. Take this anxiety. Lord, take the sin. God, take it from me.